This is Huma Fareed, the host of At the Other End of the Speculum, a podcast focused on faculty development for OBGYNs. I'm an OBGYN at the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, a Harvard Medical School affiliate, and I'm committed to providing tools for faculty development for you, the busy academic clinician. Thank you for listening, and welcome to the podcast. It's happened to all of us. We have this great idea that we're so excited about. And we know that this is going to be the best research project ever. And then life gets in the way. Our clinical work spills into nights, evenings, and weekends, or a family member becomes ill, or we go away to attend a conference, or go on vacation, or or really any other myriad number of events that can derail our focus on research. So how do we keep on track with our research, and how do we move our projects forward? I'm here to talk with my amazing colleague and good friend, Dr. Rose Molina, on how to keep ourselves organized and motivated to start and complete our research projects. Dr. Rose Molina is the director of the OBGYN Diversity, Inclusion, and Advocacy Committee and assistant professor at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. She is also the Lawrence Director of Professionalism, Humanism, and Health Equity in Medicine and the Director of the Medical Language Program at Harvard Medical School. She is a current AHRQ Learning Health Systems K-12 scholar, and her research focuses on enhancing maternal health equity, especially for people who face language barriers in pregnancy care. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Molina to today's episode. Rose, I was wondering if you could tell us how you can set yourself up for success in getting your research started, just even getting it off the ground. That's a great question. I feel like one of the most important things in getting research started is actually to build a broad professional network, both within and outside of your field. I feel like investing time in getting to know others who have similar interests as you, whether again, they're inside of your field or even just a bit outside of your field um, is really worthwhile because you can brainstorm different ideas, um, think about ways to improve on studies that you've read related to your field of interest. And it it begins to create like a small network of folks that you can reach out to um, as you begin to build research projects. The other piece I would add is it's really important to find your village. And so what I mentioned about broad professional networks, those tend to be kind of loose connections with others who might have a shared research interest, but it's also important to really invest time in developing relationships with people who may be your mentor or even sponsors and then your teammates. So there could be some overlap among all of those groups, but um, really identifying what kind of mentorship needs you may need in research and identifying who can be on your team, who can be you know, writing papers with you, doing studies with you, and then identifying sponsors who can connect you to either mentors or other teammates if you haven't built that yet, if you're early in your career. Yeah, that's a great point about building a network. And I think many of us have struggled with that during COVID because the conferences that you would typically attend to build that network were all virtual. And and I don't know how you felt about virtual networking, but I found it extremely difficult. I found that most people didn't attend the whole conference. And, you know, in a conference where you have downtime, you're able to meet people getting coffee or getting a snack, but in a virtual conference, that was impossible. So did you rely then on those sponsors that you were talking about to sort of loop you in and connect you with people? That's also a great point. And I have to be 
honest, I think a lot of my uh, network building actually probably happened before the pandemic. Um, and that's probably because of a lot of the challenges that you just mentioned. Uh, it was hard to be in the same shared space with people, especially during sort of the peak of the pandemic. And I think my approach to networking has actually been a little bit more one-on-one. -on -one. And it matches my personality a little bit more. Um, I do not identify as an extroverted person. I actually don't always enjoy those like networking events at large conferences. Um, I find them rather intimidating. So my approach has actually been to set up one-on-one -on -one time with people who I think um, I wanna build a relationship with. And of course the sort of extent of that relationship can vary, it could be, you know, with a mentor, it could be a very close relationship, but it could also be like a one-time meeting and you never meet that person again. It could be very um, uh, time limited or it could be time intensive, but my approach has actually been a little bit more um, towards the one-on-one -on -one, um, outreach as opposed to large networking events. I think for other people, the large networking events are very successful and effective. Uh, it really just, I think, depends on your style, what feels comfortable to you, and, and you know how, how you like to kind of put yourself out there to meet other people. I think that's a great suggestion to sort of follow your natural inclinations rather than forcing yourself to be that extrovert at the giant networking event. Connecting one-on-one -on -one is probably better for people who are identifying more as introverts. You mentioned teamwork a couple of times during uh, our conversation and you know, building a team and having people who you can rely on. Do you think that that is one of the key aspects of what you need to succeed in research? In my personal experience, I would say yes. I think the most gratifying and successful research projects that I've led have been it, with a team that I loved working with. And it's been about a question that we're all passionate about. I personally was not drawn to the research field because I don't like sitting at a desk by myself doing work alone, like digging through databases, doing chart reviews. Like I don't actually like that part of research. I actually find it quite lonely. And I think what's most energizing is when you have a team of people who are all committed to answering the same question and all bring their own expertise to the project and you all learn from each other and get the work done together. So for me, I really enjoy the team-based approach to research, but I know that that's not always, um, that's not always the setup that we find, particularly in academic medicine where we don't have embedded research teams without dedicated grant funding. I think, Teams are amazing because people, multiple people have told me you can't do research alone. You can't move your career forward alone. And I think that is so true. Um, however, team working on a team can also be challenging in the sense that you have to, or someone, not maybe not you, but somebody has to take the lead and keep people organized and keep pushing the project forward. So have you found any tips or anything that you can suggest on how to keep your team moving forward and how to stay organized? You touch on a really important part of research, which is honestly the people skills and managing um, relationships with other people generally. And I feel like that's not something that we are inherently trained to do, especially as clinicians. I think we part of it does come through in thinking about our interprofessional teams and in clinical care, like how do we interact with 
you know, people from other fields. But I think it's different, as you said, when you're bringing together a group of people to move work forward for a research project. And I think some of the things that I've learned over time around managing a team include setting clear expectations and having an open environment where members of your team can come forward with questions or concerns. Uh, You don't want your teammates to feel like they're getting stuck alone and can't reach out for help if they're not knowing how to move forward with some part of the project. I think um, one other thing is I have had experience working with amazing project managers and project managers have a particular skill set in keeping projects on budget, on scope and on time. And so working, partnering with a a really good project manager who has all those skills can sometimes be really helpful when the clinician on the team may or may not have had extensive sort of experience in managing either people or projects um, in those ways. Yeah, that's a great point. I think truly setting clear expectations for your team and then partnering with somebody who knows how to manage people and, and how to manage up is really valuable. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but um, if there has come a time where you feel like your research is stalled, whether it's because of things happening in your life or in your clinical work, but how do you stay motivated when that happens? That has absolutely happened to me. Um, It happens probably more frequently than I would like to even admit. Um, I think that One part of at least why I'm so excited about both clinical care and research is that I feel like neither one can fully address the issues that we face. I love seeing patients in clinic and I love being able to deal with their immediate issues and help them navigate a specific problem. It's extremely gratifying, especially when I build long-term relationships with them. But I realize that they face so many structural barriers that I hear the same issues over and over again in my clinic. And it becomes very frustrating that these are much bigger issues that I, as one doctor, am not able to really move the needle on. So I feel like research is an opportunity to explore and address these larger questions that really come from patient experiences who show up in my clinic. And so to me, having both clinical care and research time is really important because they really build off of each other. Honestly, my patients and their lived experiences inform my research questions, and I feel like I'm a better clinician because of the research that I do. I feel like I'm more up to date on specific areas within my field, and I'm able to bring that to bear when I see patients. So I think for me, having the combination of both is really what motivates me to continue when I feel like I get stuck. I'll see a patient in clinic who raises a specific issue. I'm like, see, this is a really important thing. I do need to be working. It's worth me dedicating time to tackle this issue because here is a person in front of me who is struggling with this. How can I make this better? So I think that's one thing. And the other thing is going back to this idea of teams, I really enjoy working in teams. And so if I have a research team that I enjoy working with, that I look forward to meeting with, that I enjoy, you know, going through troubleshooting things with, then that makes it all the more enjoyable. Um, Those would be the two things that kind of help me stay motivated. 
Yeah. And I think that the patient aspect of things is just incredibly motivating, right? Like this is why we went into medicine to take care of people and to help them solve their problems. And I love the point that you made about the connection between your clinical work and your research. And I think that's true for many, many of us. Um, in the last moments that we have together, I just wanted to see if you have any final thoughts for our audience or any final tips. I think one of my final thoughts is to really choose projects wisely because time is really your most valuable resource and your amount of time will fluctuate in your career based on a variety of things, based on obviously your current contract, your division of work, um, but also your the demands on your personal life and really time is your most valuable resource. So thinking about how, which projects you want to take on um, and in what role is really important. So you can certainly be part of a team for a given project, but that might not always mean being first or last author and not having to do the bulk of the work. Um, and so I think being strategic about, you know, what projects are you a supported, have a supporting role in versus a leading role in is really important. I think it's also important to think about like what impact you want to have in the world. And I think one of the areas of frustration that at least come to me is when I feel like I'm just doing something to do it that's not having a meaningful impact on patient care. It doesn't have implications for actually changing the way we do things. And so I try to think about impact when I select projects around, is this a new idea is it true? Can we actually accomplish, can we set out to actually accomplish answering the research question that we want to? And is it something that matters? Like, is it a question that matters for patients? Is it, does it really have potential to transform the way we do things to make things better? And so I think those are all pieces to think about when we choose which things to get involved in and which things not to get involved in. And lastly, I would just say, to set realistic expectations and to be kind to yourself and to others because research inevitably takes more time than we all plan for it to. Everything just takes longer. And so just being able to build that into the timeline, recognizing that things will get delayed, things will take longer than you may expect and just not getting too, too frustrated with that and you know showing grace to others in their timelines as well. Thanks so much, Rose. This is awesome. And I especially love the last few tips that you shared, especially because so often we might want to be like the senior or first author, but middle authorship is important too. And, uh, but thank you so much for these tips and thanks for sharing your time with us and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you to our guests and thank you for tuning in with us. We hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you next time.